Welcome to the Thriving Artist Podcast. Here we are today for the third part of the series with Kaylee Jolly, the graphic designer who gets to travel and is amazing and has had some wonderful words of wisdom about mom guilt. And today we hear about balancing between spouses, how to figure that and maneuver that despite cultural boxes. You don't you don't need to fit in a box. I think Kaylee is really good at helping make space for that. And I I made it 3 episodes instead of cutting stuff out because I just really find a lot of value in how vulnerable she is and it's something that I feel like needs to be talked about. So if you're an art mom, keep listening. So I guess in talking about mom guilt and kind of how I sort of navigated that it's evolved obviously um I remember it was the fall after I had my daughter so when I was experiencing some depression I was overwhelmed and I remember talking to my mother and her saying Kaylee it's okay if you're if Calvin my son it's okay if he watches tv you guys watched a lot of tv when you were little and I did and I still love tv and I'm like I'm not ashamed of that I read a lot of books I do a lot of things Mm -hmm. I'm not ashamed of watching a lot of tv as well but um she's like there's nothing wrong with that like if if watching tv means that you are not hitting your kid like that's a win yeah I was like okay so that was big for me because I remember it was very much like there's so much tv and he oh, was absolutely young, and it was he was my first and it was absolutely like, and David David was like screens on all the time you know <laughs> and I was like guilt 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 yeah guilt. like I'm ruining my children like yeah. there is a level of mindfulness that needs to be had but also like do we need a micromanage I, I don't know again unpopular opinion I'm sure that's fine so you know, fast forward to that. So baby bum single-handedly got us through COVID. Then we fast forward to when my son got his diagnosis, you know, he was diagnosed with autism, low functioning autism at that point. And, um, low functioning. Yes. Yeah. And I think he's still technically low functioning, but low functioning that level, whether it's high, medium, low, varies throughout okay. life especially uh depending on the level of intervention that you have and the level of therapy etc okay because um, it was that was a scary diagnosis at first I was like what she's like this can change that is a thing especially with intervention and he's been in intervention since he was 16 months old so um but I remember right before he got his diagnosis weeping on the floor and just being so overwhelmed and feeling like, you know what, Parker, like, we just have to let him be him. Like, he has to, he is on his own path right now. Like, he is going to speak when he's going to speak. Like, we fought, I feel like, for every single word sound that he had. Wow. And it was just like, I can't fight this anymore. Like, we'll we'll help him where we can, but it's like, he is on his own path. I'm on my own path. Yeah. If he stumbles and falls, I go over and I help him and make sure he's still on the path. Like I'm just watching him from afar at this point, you know, yeah. Not, yeah. not too far, right? I'm watching right. Him over there, making right. sure he's okay. Right. Um, 
but you can't energetically be so attached and need their successes to be your successes and kind of have to separate yourself from your child in that way. Yes. And especially because at that age, people, I think it's very common to view your success as a parent by what milestones they're reaching, how many words they know, if they're learning to read, what their alphabet look like and looks like. And I, we didn't have any of that. It was like, oh, Calvin said, yes, what? And this is a two and a half year old, mm-hmm. almost three year old. Like, and it was just like the rules for quote unquote success, the rule book, the quote unquote rule book, I'm going to put that in quotes too, was thrown out the window because that little boy was on his own path. And it was just like, okay, we are, we are following a different parenting book because Mm -hmm. the parenting manual that I think we all just, I think it's this ingrained thing that we get from culture, from Instagram, from whatever, that parenting manual for what a quote unquote good mother looks like was not working for me. Like it, I couldn't make it work for me because if I tried to, my son would have suffered. Like I would have been, I would have suffered. My mental health would have gone even further down the drain. And so I was like, okay, our rule book is out the window. And then we got his diagnosis and that was hard. Like I grieved for a while and I, I'll, even autism moms would be like, you grieved? Like, hmm. I, I feel like my approach to parenting a child on the spectrum may also be very different from how other people parent a child on the spectrum that's fine. Like I remember after he got his diagnosis, someone close to me was like, and I I told them this was, they, they didn't know. I said, you know, Calvin is autistic. And she said, this is Kaylee. Like, this is your purpose. This Hmm. is, this is your, your, your mission in life. And Hmm. as as she said that, I was like, no, I, in my heart, I didn't say this because she was she was well-intended. Like sure. it was a kind thing. She was trying to consult. Cause what do you say when someone is grieving? Like, what can you say? I've learned a lot since this point about how to be there for people who are grieving, but like, it's just, you just try, you know, and she yeah. tried, but I didn't, I don't belittle her for that. But I also knew in my heart, I was like, this is not my crusade. I am not passionate about autism. I am passionate about making sure my son succeeds. I am also passionate about making sure that like neurodiversity is, is a conversation, especially like at work, you know, I work in an office whenever they send out like little questionnaires about how can we make things better? I'm like, okay, let's talk about neurodiversity. How can Mm -hmm. we make this a thing? Hmm. And so, and it was really interesting because before um, we got his diagnosis. I attended a design conference where a woman presented virtually because of COVID. Um, and she talked about neurodiversity. That's when I learned what it was because she was autistic. She found out later in life that she was autistic. And so it was like this crazy weird, like prep almost to like, anyways. So, oh. um, so we got his diagnosis. I, I grieved and in grieving, I just, I, I had no energy for anything. And that's, that's, that's with grieving and parenting, you know, like I, I just knew it was like, I have to be very kind to myself. Um, at this point, or I don't know, within this hard period of my life, I read the book called self-compassion by Kristen Neff. Highly recommend to all of your audience. 
it I think is actually one of the biggest tools that has helped me to kind of throw mom guilt out the window because it has allowed me to be very kind to myself. And not only that, but to be kind to my kids, to allow them to just be who they're going to be. But as a result, it was just, I was very gentle with myself for a really long time. I did not have the space to push myself in like goals, which is frustrating, but like, I just knew like I had only so much energy to give and I had to preserve that energy in any way that I could. And a lot of that energy goes towards making sure I'm not like yelling at my kids all the time. Like I do yell, but that's typically when I've reached my tipping point. So like I make sure like to try to be there as much as possible, as patient as I can, but like that's imperfect. And if I yell, I yell because you know what? I'm a human oh, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm showing my kids like, Hey, I'm a human. You're also a human and you're going to make mistakes and, and I can gonna... make mistakes. You can make mistakes. It's okay to yeah. make mistakes. And you're going to treat people that you love poorly. I'm going to show you how to fix that. I'm going to show you how to be a better person, you know? Um, but we realized in this period of time that both Parker and I need time to ourselves, not as a couple, as an individual yes. in order to recuperate. I, um, he is a profound, I say profound a lot, but he is a profound introvert. Mm-hmm. I feel like I am a solidly middle ambivert. Like I got a little bit of both. I am um, too. Yeah. And I feel like as, as a mother, I think a lot of my introverted tendencies come out because they, they zap that extroverted part of me. Right. The, so anyways, we, we learned that we need time to ourselves. And so we, every other week we scheduled time to ourselves. Like I would manage the kids while he went and did something for the evening and I'd get them ready for bed. Cause that's like the worst part of the day. And he'd have the evening to himself. And we did that for a while where it was like, instead of getting a babysitter, because like, I mean, babysitters cost money. It's yeah, also hard. It's also hard when your kids are tricky. Mm. It was just like, I got this, I'll do this. And so Um, ever since then, we've really valued and prioritized time to ourselves and we've tried to make it as equal as possible. There was a period in 2020 where, and I'm going to acknowledge the fact that we had a lot of privilege. Like we had, we had an income at this point that allowed us to do that. So I understand this is not a feasible thing for everybody. And I want to just recognize that, but like for us, there was a point where we needed like a week to ourselves. Like we were struggling, our marriage was struggling and we just needed to be away. Not in a sense that we were going to like split up, but it was just like, we need to be alone. I need to know who I am. He needed to know who he was. And so we did that. We like alternated and he took off like four days, went to a hotel up in Park City or Salt Lake or something, did his own thing. And I managed the children for that amount of time. Again, I'm acknowledging the privilege here. Like this is a very unique situation, but it was something that we recognized that we needed. And so we tried to make something happen. Yeah. There are a lot of people who have resources that we didn't have. Like, I don't feel like we've had a lot of help from ex, like from our families. I mean, I I don't want to say that my mother, they're they're not. Yeah. Yeah, Like it's fine. My, I, 
my mom is, she works, she is dating, she goes to school, like she's living her best college life at 55. And I have, it's been hard for me because I'm like, I would love for you to be more here, but I also try to respect it because it's like, you're your own person. And I respect that you are your own person. And I would never want Daphne, my daughter to assume that I'm going to raise her kids for her. Like, Mm -hmm. so I've tried to respect it, even though it's been very hard. Oh, I'm sure. Um, But like, I mean, that's a luxury that we haven't had. And then Parker's family who has been, you know, they are involved with our kids and they try to take our kids as often as possible. Um, but they live in Fresno, they live in California, so it's not as possible for us. So anyway, so that, you know, that might be a luxury that some of your listeners have, like you might have family nearby that are more than happy to take your kids. But if that's not possible, like the, the, the thing that my husband and I did, like where it's like, I took a night to myself, he took a night to himself. Like that was a very cost-effective way to like, make sure we were taking care of ourselves. Sure. So, um, and I think, so, so there's that, um, I think too, it's just recognizing, sorry, I'm going to take a drink. I think it's just learning to be self-aware, learning what you need. And when you recognize what you need, like you would never berate yourself if you were hungry and that you prioritized eating, like, like, you would never berate yourself if you were starving and you went and ate something like a hamburger or something. You would never berate yourself for that. Like Mm -hmm. you're hungry. You have a base need. You need to fill that need. And I feel like the same goes with like getting really in tune with what you need as a human being, whether that's like my, one of my best friends, she is very extroverted and she needs to be out with people. And she prioritizes, she's the one who stays at home, but she prioritizes a lot of her goals. She has a lot of goals that, that fill her up. You know, she is a climber. She loves to climb. She has a community of climbing friends that are, that are also mothers. And so she, um, fills her life up in that way. She gets out, like she prioritizes that part of her that really needs to be with other people. Mm -hmm. And so like, and she doesn't berate herself for it. She's like, I'm there for my kids when I can be there for my kids. And when I need to be by myself, I'm there by myself. Like Mm. that's okay. Or like by myself with people. Um, and so I think it's just being aware of those things that you need. If you're resenting your kids, if you're resenting your spouse, really take a hard look like, okay, why why am I doing this? Like, why do I resent this? It's helpful. I would say like, I also was able to have a therapist. I know that's not a, a, that's not something that's available to all people, but if it is something that you can prioritize, I think that's valuable. It's valuable to have a person to talk to. It's valuable to have them help you figure out like, okay, what are the needs that you have? What are the things that you need to start prioritizing? Um, but I, I, I just, I think that that's a, an invaluable resource is having a therapist, a therapist. Um, but I also think it's, it was really helpful for me to just, I don't know, like I just, I read a lot of books that I went through a big self-help period. I don't always recommend that for everybody. Um, like one of my friends, 
my one of my friends is not a self-help person she's pretty like solidly like she gives herself a lot of grace she's like I'm a good mom sometimes I'm a bad mom sometimes like it's what it is like we're human beings we're not going to be perfect parents and I think just like as I've gotten older I've learned to live in nuance more like that perfection, that idea of like not screwing up your parents or your kids, your parents, not screwing <laughs> up your parents or your kids <laughs> is, is like, we're all going to probably screw them up. It's just try not to do it intentionally. And teach them to have the tools to pick up your mess. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, you know, I try really hard to just explain my mental state. If I'm struggling, I'm like, okay, again, mommy's hungry. Mommy's, mommy's about to lose it. It's not a you thing. This is not your fault. I'm just, I, my body is in this space. And so I try really hard to give them the vocabulary to learn how to talk about their emotions and to, um, recognize when they need breaks and to, I I just think that's one thing, like, I feel like that's a valuable thing I can give to my kids is like emotional literacy like have that those words you know and maybe we're having so much trouble with that because the way that the world is going and you know there's just like crazy things that like they need that emotional knowledge resilience education so much that we as parents are being put in spots where it's a huge priority for a lot of us and so we're teaching it in a way that wasn't taught to us per se because the times were different, but yeah, times were different. There weren't, there was not vocabulary around being emotionally aware or emotionally mature. Like I didn't know what that was until I was 27. Right. And it's like, I'm so happy that I can like pass that on to my kids about how to be a self-aware human being. Like that is invaluable to me. So, um, but I think that ultimately i mean it's it's been a, it's been a whole journey right like i and it's it did not come overnight this idea of not like having mom guilt like it just gradually as i practiced self compassion which again i highly recommend to all of your like, i'm going to read it yep like it I is a down. very good book and she i just it's it's how to give yourself grace and I just think, and it, the, the beautiful thing about giving yourself grace though, and about having self-compassion for yourself, I feel like I have become a better human being. I've been able to allow grace in other people's experiences. If other people are being like jerks to me, I mean, I stand up for myself. I have boundaries, but I also recognize like these people are not bad people. These people are just experiencing life in a way that is like, for them and they're lashing out and like I don't know what their experience is because there were times that I was probably a jerk to people when I was hurting and desperate yeah and I just feel like you know what is more what is better than than it like if you're allowing yourself this space and these these feelings you know this compassion you're allowing other people that compassion you're not expecting other people to be perfect because other people can't be um Another thing that I thought of, I remember when Daphne was really little thinking, would I want my daughter to feel this way? 
Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that too. Would I want my daughter to feel like she can't hire help to clean once a week or whatever? Mm-hmm. Again, I'm going to acknowledge that is a privilege that I have. Like, we had the money, the finances to be able to hire somebody for an hour once every other week or whatever. Privilege. That is do you a privilege. still do that? Yeah, we do. Again, cool, cool, cool. a privilege, but I, I don't think it's a long term solution for us. It was just, we got to get our heads above water. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have so, done it on and off and it's hard to like pay someone when it's going to be messy in like an hour. Yeah. But, but what I've noticed is maybe I just need the knowledge that it will get done eventually by someone else. <laughs> so it's not like my to-do list is everywhere yeah. that I'm looking And I think it's important to acknowledge like, again, I have that resource. Not everybody is that privileged and I am aware of that. And that is okay. Like you do what you've got to do, but if you are not that privileged, like be kind to yourself about the state of your house. I got to be honest. My house is a mess. Most of the time I do not keep a clean house and that's okay. It is hard because I do mentally and emotionally struggle when there's clutter. Yeah. We're, we're working on that. Like I like, that was another thing with my son. It was just like, we were so focused on let's figure out how to talk. Let's figure out how to be a human that like these extra things that it's like, let's not watch screens. Let's not eat chicken nuggets. Let's I'm sorry. Like I didn't have the space to care about that because we were just trying to get my son to talk. Like we were just trying to get my son to like age appropriate levels of behavior. And so I think that naturally just allowed me to have grace for myself because it was like, if I don't have grace for myself, I am, I'm doomed. I can't be a parent. I I can't even base parent. Like, and I think I um, gave myself, I remember talking to my therapist and just being like, I've got really low expectations for myself because like, if my kids go to bed and they've eaten and I haven't hit anybody, I'm like, that is a good day. Solid. (laughs) And she's like, it's not that you have low expectations. It's that you've just reprioritized to what is most important. And it's, I, we've recognized as our children have gotten slowly easier, again, not much easier. It's like a really big, well, I'm, I'm slowly seeing the light at the end of a really, really dark, long tunnel, but it's mm-hmm. slowly coming. Yeah, um, I feel that. And as they've slowly gotten easier, we have slowly added in more boundaries with our kids. Mm -hmm. So like we've slowly said no more. And I mean, my mom has said things about how my kids, I mean, they've probably got less boundaries than most kids would. And I think a lot of people would have a lot of opinions about my kids and, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe the lack of boundaries, but it's like, no, we were just surviving. Yeah. When you are just surviving, boundaries are a luxury. Like, I mean, we had some boundaries, like for me, sleep has always been a boundary. Like my kids do not sleep in my bed, but that's because for me, right. I do not function if I don't sleep. Right, right, right. They need me to not have interrupted sleep. (laughs) Like this is, and I, and I know that I know that about myself. Again, that's not everybody's experience. Some people co-sleep and that's okay. Like if that works for you and you're not drowning in that, great. Like it was just, I knew if I didn't have boundaries around sleep, I could not parent. So yeah. 
that was one boundary we kept but beyond that i was like everything else was just like a Fair lo- game. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. a luxury i remember having a conversation well i remember overhearing uh i want to say it was a family member talking to their child and saying well we're not gonna have juice right now no that's it's not juice time and i was like oh that's nice like you can you know care about things like that. <laughs> which I I recognize it's like she also I know had things sorry I just like burned. she also had things that she could have said that about me like she was struggling a little more in her marriage than I was and so I'm sure she could be like oh that's nice that you guys can like not fight over everything or whatever like mm-hmm. just you know we all have that everybody right. has a oh that's nice that you can worry about that everybody has a thing so but um I think just recognizing that, like, I don't know, like, just what what was the most important thing? And it was just, got to get my kids fed, got to get them to bed without hitting them. Like, I'm going to be okay, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I, and I know that that's probably controversial for a lot of people, and that's fine. I am very comfortable with how I parent, because if I parented any other way, every one of the people in my family would be much more miserable. And if it, if my, if I just, it's, it's about all of us, like my existence matters just as much as my children's existence. Yeah. That's, that's it. My husband's existence matters just as much as my children's existence. Like we're all here on a level playing field. And if all of us are not like thriving, then we got to recalibrate. <clears throat> because we all have goals we all have things we want to do I mean it's I don't know the Calvin has a goal right now but like you know we all have a life to live and we've just right now we're a team we're a unit we got to just make sure we're trying to like boost each other up in order to live that life you know and if one of us is falling down like how's that fair I don't think that's selfishness I, like I, I I think that's just fair like it's just equal. I haven't really thought about it that way. You know, but I I will also say, hey, this has been so like all over the place. I'm sorry. But um, one of the biggest helps for me in navigating this space and in coming to a place of like equal partnership with my spouse and in um figuring out, just recognizing what is and is not selfish mm-hmm. was following like the right people on social media. Mm-hmm. At this point, I was more involved in social media. I, again, I'm not anymore, but it was following like the right people on social media. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll tell you who I followed. And this may also be controversial because I know some people are like not a huge fan, uh, but I followed Julie Hanks on Instagram and she was very helpful for me. Wait, like- is that the sex therapist? No, that's, there's a, there's a few. Oh, the relationship lady. Yeah. Dr. Julie Hanks. Uh, Yeah. 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 I know who you're talking about. And, and saying her name, probably half of your listeners are going to be like, oh, okay. Like they're not even going to take me seriously. And that's fine. I don't really care. I, I really don't care. Like she was a tool that really helped me in like getting to this space. Yeah. And so, and, and she helped me. Like not personally, I actually did meet with her one time, but like, oh, cool. um, her content would like really helped me to recognize like where there was, um, disparities in 
my experience as a woman, like whatever, like where there was disparities between like household labor and things like it helps yeah. my spouse and I get to a point where we were both equal partners. Right. And I, it got me to a place of like, I am now like a good enough mom. Am I a perfect mom? No, but I'm a good enough mom. And I'm happy with that. Like, so yeah. Anyways, that was a lot. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything you've got. <laughs> You're good. That's yeah. That was all good. I mean, I feel like recap is I'm I'm like seeing the headlines of just like motherhood, you know? It's it's a lot trying to balance and take care of yourself and yeah, when you're in the throes of it, it's yeah. survival mode. Yeah. And if it's a lot for anybody listening, you are not alone. Like it was a lot for it's a lot for a lot of people and I don't think people talk about how much it is how difficult it is like which is why I'm really open about my experience with motherhood because I just didn't feel like people were talking about this had no idea and I I just think it's I don't know if you went into having kids as naive as I did which I think most people do not actively think about the the repercussions of having kids like you were as naive as I was like hang in there. It's, it's, it's rough, but <laughs> I, I feel like it gets better. I don't know. Again, really long tunnel. Different. Really far, yeah. But I'm starting to see a light. So sure. Sure. We're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> yep. Well, thanks for chatting with us and imparting your wisdom. I think it will touch a lot of people, especially those moms out there who feel alone. And that's all for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you found as much value in Kaylee's words of wisdom as I did in strength and connection and not feeling alone in your motherhood challenges. Although there is much beauty there, there are definitely challenges. And so thanks for being here. If you are interested, we have a mom artist's three-day virtual live conference coming up. March 14th through the 16th. I will link stuff about it. So if you are a mom and an artist and you are looking for support, ideas, if you want to learn how to schedule your life and your day so that you can find balance, you're not exhausted and being pulled in a zillion ways, but you're prioritizing what is best for your soul and your family, uh, go ahead and click the link to find out more about that three-day virtual conference. It's going to be incredible, and I hope that you will be there.